0: If you're speaking to the sports fan who listens to our show, those are the people that are going to the games that do care. It's embarrassing.
1: Who would you replace and him with? That's over my pay grade. Well, okay. so is firing him, but you didn't no, have any no, hesitation with that. Steve carries himself with a lot of dignity, truth. Thank you for everything. He doesn't take days off. He's one of those guys that he's out there every game. There's a new type of broom out. It's sweeping the nation. <laughs> are you Googling it? Oh! Protect our radio talent. You two are ridiculous. This is Orange Nation with Stephen
2: Fonte and Pauly D.
1: Pauly D. Yes, Stephen Fonte, no. Salmanin once again on a Friday edition of Orange Nation. Sal, uh, how are you doing? I don't actually don't even have to ask you. I talk to you so much now. Yeah,
2: I mean, I just want to say thank you to Steve for filling in for me the last few days. You know, I appreciate it, (laughs) but he was able to step to the plate and uh, handle things while I was away. So thank you, Steve, for filling in on the Paulie and Sal show.
1: You know, Jordan gave me the rundown for today's show. and (laughs) Yeah,
2: just now looking at it.
1: Clippers, Suns, Delete. Like, I'm not a TV or or a radio, uh, like, Big wig that's in charge of programming uh like games that cost a lot of money but Clippers sons is the least interesting thing I've ever talked about in my life <laughs> right maybe the Canadians are going to the going to the Stanley Cup is a little less interesting but Clippers son like the second team in LA I gotta talk about. <laughs> And the Phoenix Suns... He wants us
2: to fill a whole segment on this, Polly.
1: Yeah, the Clippers don't even have their best player. And I've got to fill 15 minutes with this? Nonsense? It's June. Do they even do that
2: in L.A.? I bet you they they get more calls right now on what do the Lakers do to fix things? What's happening with LeBron and his offseason?
1: What's wrong with the Dodgers?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I I feel bad for for the TV executives. Like cuz then when you go to tomorrow or tonight, it's Hawks Hawks Bucks. Who the hell cares? I mean, Trey Young's been a fun story. Yeah. But come on. This is a nightmare and for money-making people in the world,
2: for capitalists. Yeah, you have to think that they're that they're sitting there feeling that same kind of way. That it's quite possible that they could end up with a Milwaukee Phoenix Finals, <laughs> which I don't know if that's the worst combination, Milwaukee Phoenix, because, like, in theory, you know, obviously Giannis is a two-time MVP, and LA is a major market, but. Like is are there that many people in LA that if the Clippers are in the finals, the whole city's tuning in, just like, oh man, we gotta watch Paul George and Reggie Jackson.
1: No, because it's LA. It's one of the it's probably one of the <laughs> most fun cities in America. There's so much more to do than to watch the second best team in your in your city. And, and I don't mean it as like record wise, I mean it as in like popularity wise and i think trey young's a more fun watch than giannis right
2: i mean yeah probably like when when trey young has it going yeah
1: like he would be a bigger television draw i think right now he's at least yeah i guy. would i would
2: agree with that probably
1: man i i don't know this is it usually orange nation is off the air at this time of year but it's it's a <laughs> It's a struggle with, like, where where are the Lakers? You know, like, he, where's LeBron? Like, you don't even have the name that you want to follow. In this, Golden State was, you know, that's it's not a huge market. I mean, it's a, it's San Francisco. It's I mean, the, the Bay Area. It's, is, it's yeah, a, that's, it's a northern top ten market. It's a northern thing, but nobody thought of Golden State prior to them going, but they were a fun watch.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I guess both Atlanta and certainly Phoenix, like when Devin Booker and Trey Young are going and like in their bag, as the kids like to say, like, yeah, they're fun to watch. I just think last night's game wasn't that fun just because CP and Booker struggled to shoot. And then even though the Clippers made their run in the second half, it's not like they were necessarily doing anything special or like, you know, Paul George had a really good game again. Like he's, he's finally turned the dial back to vintage Paul George from like 10 years ago when he was with the Pacers and they almost took down LeBron and the heat. But I understand what you're saying. It doesn't have the same part of it is the bigger story I think it's is who's not playing. I think it's funny, though, that we're complaining about, oh, man, there's no Warriors. There's no LeBron. When for years, when every year at the finals, it was the Warriors against LeBron. Everyone's just like, oh, we gotta watch this again. Like, we can't get anything else. And now everyone's
1: like, oh, man, where's KD? Where's Kawhi? Where's LeBron and Steph? Well, I I think that's the biggest problem is the stars aren't there. Like, the Clippers with Kawhi are a fun watch, you know? Paul Mm -hmm. George, you know, reliving the movie Cocoon is not exactly a a selling point. (laughs) I will say I do like, and maybe
2: it's partly because I watched so much of Patrick Beverly before he got to L.A., but I do love watching him get into it with guys and, like, seeing like, how close are they going to come to actually – throwing down on the court and Reggie Jackson. And I guess you can't call it irrational confidence anymore because he's been absolutely tremendous for the clips, this playoffs. But I do kind of like seeing those guys like really start to hype themselves up and then their teammates. And part of me is like, all right, I realize you just hit a big shot, but you do know you're still Reggie Jackson, like, if Paul George isn't out there doing Paul George things, like, you're not in this position.
1: Yeah. And the only other interesting thing coming out of that is Devin Booker. You know, he's, he's, they shut him down. Like, cool. Like, I, I, he, I don't know how much, how we're supposed to, like, react to that living in Syracuse, New York, <laughs> you know. And even that, I don't know how
2: much of it was they shut Devin Booker down. And he just wasn't making shots that he's made the previous games. Like, he had a few that normally go in that just weren't going in for him last night. So, yeah, you got to give the Clippers credit, obviously, that they were the ones who came away with the win. And you hold a team like the Suns that looked the last the previous two, three games like they had been humming on all cylinders. I mean, to hold them to under 40% shooting and – Obviously, CP and Devin Booker combined for 10 for 40 from the field, so you got to give them credit. But at the same time, I look at that more as just, all right, the Suns were out of it. First game back in a while for CP3. Devin Booker's got to deal with the broken nose and wearing the face mask thing, so... I'm not too worried about the Suns and and what they did or didn't do in that game against the Clips.
1: And Cody's in our chat saying it's the most watched NBA playoffs. It would the, the last series were. Of course, Bucks Nets is gonna be a hugely watched series. There's star power in that, you know? Well, there was until the last two games, you know. But there there's star power power in those games. And there was a game seven and it's it's uh, hawks hawks box i guarantee will not be, have the viewers that that uh, that the nets bucks did it's just not it, if we had nets bucks right now i'd be pumped it's so would um, tv executives they'd be excited right
2: Yeah, just because you know that the the Nets are going to move the needle with their combination of guys, and especially if they were able to make it at least a round further. And in theory, that gives Kyrie and certainly James Harden more time to to rest up. So I understand it. Part of it, too, though, is just the way that the NBA kind of has these shifts from one generation to another. Like, we're seeing it now that we're moving out of – the LeBron, KD, Steph, like we're in kind of the last stages of that group's era that you're going to start to see those guys get hurt more often than they have in the past or have to take more time off than they previously had because, you know, they are closing out their primes now. Or in the case of LeBron, you know, you could say he's, Traditionally, when you're 36 years old, you're past your prime, and obviously we know he's a special, special player in terms of his physical and athletic gifts. So part of it is you're going to have to get used to the next wave is coming up, and that's going to be Devin Booker and Trey Young and Luka Doncic and go on down the list of the guys who are 25, 26 and younger. That you know, this is what it's going to be for the next 10, 12 years is who's the guys that are going to be the new faces of the league. So Trey Young's been fun to watch. Devin Booker's been fun to watch, especially now that he's finally got some talent around him. And I just hope that we get games that are a little bit closer than the one we saw last night. At least get some more intrigue and fun in there. I mean, that game two with the last second lob, I mean, yeah, even though that was these same two teams, that was still an exciting game to watch. The Clippers come back in the fourth quarter and then to win it on a buzzer beater for the Suns.
1: Do you know what uh, Jordan got me excited about? And I don't know that I see it on... Uh, oh, I do see it. It's in the one o'clock. The, the thing that got me excited... Was Linardi came out with his latest bracketology? I was pumped for that.
2: Syracuse. Really, I would. I would think that you would be the type that did would not want to have to talk bracketology in. No,
1: June, I want to talk 25th. about things I care about. And he has them okay. as the last team in.
2: That is exciting. Well, you know, to me. I mean, w- when you lose to Drexel, that's really going to put a dig on your resume. We're, like
1: we're going to break down the schedule for Syracuse basketball coming up. That's going to be exciting for everybody. We also got Kevin Belby. He's the GM of Beheim's Army. We'll uh break down that roster. I just want to ask him basically about the the non-SU players. And uh it, it's, it's the it's, ringers? Yeah. <laughs> they bring them in every year. This, this isn't the first year they did it, but this year feels like they 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 are ringers. You're the way you are you know this, yeah, because well,
2: your- I feel like in years past, and I obviously haven't followed it as closely as probably you and Steve, but there might be one guy who comes in who's like a non SU guy, or it's like a last second deal where uh, we needed a guard. Like, you know, we couldn't, we didn't have time to wait on the q guys, or so and so was hurt, who's normally a member of Bayhime's army. But this year, uh, there's what, three or four? already including like a dude who was on the
1: best team. Like yeah, well, the if you watch
2: this tournament,
1: yeah. Two of them off the best. It's it's like that beer league softball team that you no one can beat because it's all guys that played double A baseball and they're and they're now just retired when
2: I always like when you go play pickup somewhere and there ends up being like one or two guys who for some reason, you know, maybe they just want to get a run in or something, but like dudes who clearly played like at a much higher level than everyone else on the court and they come out and I'm like, how is this fun for you? Like, why are you here? Like, if you want to get cardio, like they have treadmills out there. Like why are you running around with us idiots? Like you're a former college you know, D three, maybe, or like, maybe you didn't even play D one, and you're like out here with us, Jamokes, trying to to play
1: pickup. We, we'll t- we'll talk to Belby about his uh, about his ringers there. We'll see what they bring to the team, and, and the the they've actually got Syracuse players. Like, I think Malachi Tyler Lydon will be huge additions to the team. Not just to say that you know that the ringers are going to help them. We've got uh we'll break down. Mike waters has a uh, piece together. The SU basketball schedule. We'll do that. We'll do baseball power rankings. I'm sure everybody cares what we think about the baseball power rankings. And uh, <laughs> we'll have uh, Neil Adler writer for the loud house uh, inside the loud house. Talk about SU recruiting um, other uh, interesting things with Syracuse basketball. We'll do today's business. And a starting five today, you got to start thinking in advance for our starting five today, Sal. Cartoon dogs. Starting five. Cartoon dogs. Okay. Starting five cartoon dogs. You don't want Droopy on your team. Very, very slow and, you know, not a good get. So cartoon dogs starting five. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk baseball. We'll break down both of our top five in the power rankings of the MLB. And I think the team in your city is probably going to make both of ours. Next on ESPN Radio Syracuse, Utica, and Q Sports Talk on Twitch. On Twitch, Q
2: Sports Talk and ESPN Radio ninety-seven point seven and one hundred point
1: one.
0: This is Orange Nation.
1: Back on Orange Nation, the Friday edition. Paulie Sal, Stephen Fonti out on. He even admitted today was load management day. Just he had no excuse. <laughs> he had no excuse. He's just like I need a day. So, he's off on a load management day. We're gonna do baseball power rankings. Just what everybody's been waiting for on a Friday. What Sal and Polly think of Major League Baseball? All right, we'll go. We'll, I got. Uh, we'll go five uh, to one. Okay, uh, and I'll let you go first. So I'm a gentleman. All right. Um, you number want me to five. Name all or, or no, we'll just go five, eight, f- go five, then you go. Five, five, four, four. Okay. All right. All right.
2: Number, number five. five. I realize they have the best record of baseball, but I have the Giants at number five. Just because I don't know how they're doing it with their lineup. Obviously, you know, Kevin Gossman and uh what's his name? Dee Sclafani have been awesome at the top of their rotation. So if you have to win several playoff series. I like having two guys who you can go to, but I'll put them at number five just because they've had to deal with a ton of injuries on there in terms of their hitters, and yet they're still getting it done, but they have the best record in baseball, so they have to be in the top five.
1: Uh, See, I think best record equals best team, so I'm going to go the Tampa Bay Rays are my number five. I don't know that they'll hold on, but they they, saw, they like the Giants. I don't know how they're doing it. They're winning a lot of games. Uh, but I'm going the Rays at number five, and I'm sure that'll change next week when uh, Steve's out again and, and we're doing our power rankings. Number four. <laughs> yeah. See, I look at
2: it just from a perspective of if they had to go play if the playoffs started today and these teams had to suit up like who am i most confident in so i have i have your padres at number 4 i told you i'm fully converted to fernando tatis i'm on the bandwagon i love him obviously it's the big question is going to be how does your pitching staff and bullpen hold up is are they going to be able to have to go out and win multiple series against the likes of the giants the dodgers the mets whatever the case may be in the playoffs but you have you have all the tools it's just can they put it together and for so many of the guys on your team it's they've probably not been in this position before that it's one thing to make the playoffs in that joke of a season last year but now we're coming up on the all-star break so can these guys stay in the hunt with What looks like you may be in the toughest division in baseball. If it's not the NL West, then it's the AL East. But certainly have good. It's not going to be easy to just say, "All right, well, we did it last year. We're getting back there." Because you got the Dodgers and Giants in your same division.
1: Yeah, I'm going Dodgers. Another team that will move up. I'm assuming they got Max Muncy back, Cody Bellinger back this week. They've lost uh, four in a row, but uh, Corey Seager's coming back in their lineup, so. I uh I will go uh the Dodgers cuz they they're the best team money can buy right now and I think they'll finish the season at one but uh they're in a little bit of a slump but I'll go with them at number 4 number 3 number 3 is where I got Tampa you
2: just touched on it I mean that that was a crazy game last night that they won against the the Sox a one nothing game I mean Again, I don't know how they do it every single year, but whenever if your team is playing the Rays, every time they go to the bullpen, you're just like, well, we're clearly not getting a hit off this guy. And unless you're like a diehard or you've been watching all the Rays games, you probably the first time you see them and some of the pitchers they trot out, you're like, who is this guy? And then he comes out and he's – Throw in ninety eight or has just this wicked slider or something like that. And oh by the way, they have the best prospect in baseball, who they just called up and he homered in his first game. So I have no doubt
1: in the Rays and their ability to get there. They also know when to cut ties with guys that their franchise. They get they get mocked mm-hmm. for being cheap, but they know when a guy's done and when they've had enough of them and they move them and they get a they get a huge ransom for them and they're good the next year because they've got a bunch of young prospects my uh number three is that we're on is uh my favorite team the san diego yeah. padres won seven in a row uh manny machado swinging the bat again they've got the number one era is, is starting and they've got the or number two in starting in the number one bullpen. So I am uh, putting the Padres at number three, and I don't think I've ever had them that high in anything before. Number two.
2: All right, number two, you just mentioned them a second ago. I'm going with the Dodgers. Obviously, the most recent games have not gone their way, but as you just pointed out, basically everybody is set to come back for them in the coming days in they are the best team on paper, technically the defending champs, but I'm still never going to get behind 2020 being a real season when it was just two months of play. So the Dodgers, number two, uh, they're going to be there in the end. It's I, I do not envy you, Paulie, having to go through that playoffs that – at some point you're going to have to play both the Dodgers and then either a team with a stacked pitching staff, like, you know, the Mets, especially if they get back Syndergaard and, you know, could you imagine if, if that's the first round matchup that one of these teams in the NL West is going to have, or, that, or like they end up having to play the Mets in the first round?
1: Yeah. Imagine having to, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, the Mets are, Say the Nationals catch the Mets, and the Mets get bumped into a wild card, and you're getting that wild card, and you got to face Jacob DeGrom, you know, or you got to face Jacob DeGrom twice. You're 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 guaranteed to lose two games to Jacob DeGrom in any playoff series, right? Yes, exactly. It's insane. What number? What are we on? Two. Polly can't keep track of things. The Houston Astros are currently the number two team in baseball. 10 in a row, right? They were off last night. Am I correct on that? Uh No, they played they, they played they,
2: uh, the Tigers. They won, so it's 11 in a row.
1: 11 in a row. Well, I guess when you play the Tigers that doesn't count as a win anyway. So. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, 10 in a row. They I think they're uh they've outscored their opponents uh by a ton. Their their bats are working again. They found a new way to cheat it looks like. So I will put them <laughs> at number 2. Number 1.
2: Number one is where I have the Strohs right now, just because of so many of the things you said. But a lot of people may not realize, of course, they're just out slugging opponents. And a lot of that right now has to do with the schedule they're playing, that they just beat up on the Orioles, the Tigers right now. They got the O's coming back. Uh, They'll play them in Minute Maid next week. So... This isn't going to stop anytime soon for them in terms of them being on this hot streak. But the thing that's crazy is they're getting it done with their pitching staff. And, Pauly, if you have their ESPN page open, like minimize it right now, can you name me any of the Astros starters besides Zach Greinke? No. Exactly. Like, unless you're like a diehard baseball fan or somebody who's religiously checking their fantasy lineup, they're getting it done with Fromber Valdez and Luis Garcia, Jose Urquidy. Like, all these guys who coming into the year, the big question down here was like, all right, well, do we have any semblance of pitching? You talk to fans, that's what they'd say. Does Houston have anything that's going to be able to hold up, especially they've lost so many big names the last few years. Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, even though he's technically an Astro, has only pitched one game the last two seasons, losing George Springer. Yet over their last 24 games, it's uh, they've gotten 16 quality starts from their starter, which any team in the league would sign up for that. But in that same span, so it's since May 30th, since your Padres came to Minute Maid Park and won those first two games with uh, those dramatic walk-offs, or not walk-offs, but where they won it late and either extra innings or the bottom of the ni- or the top of the ninth. Ever since then, they've their starters have a sub-three ERA, and they've gone with a six-man rotation of old Zach Greinke and a bunch of guys you've never heard of. So that's why I'm like, all right, if if this is what they are and their guys stay healthy, like they're going to be right there in the mix yet again.
1: All right, we got to – number one, I got to do mine quick because we got Kevin Belby coming up. San Francisco Giants, uh, they are somehow also reliving movie cocoon like Paul George's. Evan Longoria and Buster Posey having killer seasons. Buster Posey's batting three twenty-two with uh, 12 home runs at the age of 34. So, number one, Giants, until they until they realize that they're the Giants. Hopefully that'll happen soon, and the NL West will be down to two good teams. We will take a break. We'll talk uh, Beheim's Army with Kevin Belby next on ESPN Radio Syracuse, Utica, and Q Sports Talk on Twitter on Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN
2: Radio 97.7 at 100.1. California. This is Orange
0: Nation. Dr.
1: Dre and Tupac bringing us back uh, on this Orange Nation Friday edition. We got to do a quick segment here. We're going to we going to break down the Syracuse basketball schedule way too early, but instead we will go to the phone lines now. We got David in eastwood on the phone david how the hell are you
0: Paulie, uh, you guys are doing awesome. Cell uh, is Cell going to be just part of the regular show now? And will Steve be the one who's subbing for Cell? Is that going to be the official way that we're going to go in the future? I
1: think that's the way it is. I think uh, Steve is getting Wally pipped. Is that too old of a reference? To...
0: Not at all. I know exactly who Wally pipped was. Uh, rest in peace, Wally. Uh, he was the one who had a, a headache or something. And uh, Lou Garrick took over and he never played another game at first base for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say a quick comment. Uh, by the way, Sal, it's my first time calling while you're actually doing this show even though I've heard all your shows. Uh, awesome stuff. You do a great job even if you're from Houston. And as I said to Jordan briefly a few minutes ago, you uh, you had you my respect, Sal, because you're someone who used to live here and you're a Yankees fan. But the fact that you spent the entire 2013 championship game uh, looking for Kate Upton is uh, my all-time greatest thing ever. Because I would do something like that because she's an awesome... I mean, I love Kate Upton. She's awesome. Uh, but uh, that would be something I would probably do. And all my friends would think I was a nerd but no that'd be something that's, that's a good it was a good way to spend your time is what i'm saying
2: thank you i'm glad i wasn't the only one of that
1: I gotta, thinking and rationale i gotta ask you a question though if you found her what would you have done well that's the thing like it was i just wanted to to see
2: her in person because like you wouldn't have said hi or asked her
1: autograph or anything? You just want to-
2: Stare for an autograph. If it was like a normal inner like situation that you could say, oh hey, how's it going? How you doing? But it's not if she's like watching the game, I'm not gonna like run up behind her and be like, hey,
0: hi. So you're just Box gonna weirdly okay, gawk. Okay,
2: you're just gonna weirdly gawk at her from a distance. <laughs> I just figured, you know, if you could get close enough to to where th- that section is that all the High rollers are sitting just so you can say like, "All right, I saw her in person." All right, we'll take a quick. Tie- and too, with somebody whose entire fame is contingent upon how they look, there's a difference between how you look in magazines or in TV and movies and in real life. So, again, I didn't really care after SU lost. I didn't have that much interest in a cheating Louisville team, and uh, was that what Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trey Burke led? Wolverines.
1: All right. will take a quick time out here. We'll come back. It's our Friday segment in the summer. Jordan, our producer, picks a topic or a group of people, and we make a starting five basketball team out of this group of fictional, real, whatever it is. You know, say he said American presidents. We would make a starting five out of that. We will uh, take a break. We'll come back and we'll find out what our starting five topic is for the final uh, five minutes of the show on ESPN Radio Utica, ESPN Syracuse, and Q Sports Talk on Twitch.
2: On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.
0: This is Orange
1: Nation. It is Orange Nation. Paulie Sebelius Salmanin. We do this every Friday in the summer. We do a starting five of fictional characters. You know, real people. Just a group of people, animals, whatever they are, to make our starting five in basketball. Today, for some reason, we have uh, Katie with us. We we have talent in the studio with us. Instead of Jordan, (laughs) for today's topic, if you're in Twitch, uh, on Q Sports Talk, you you get a, a behind-the-scenes look at this as we break it down before we go on the air, but what is our topic today, Katie?
2: It's starting five cartoon dogs.
1: Starting five cartoon dogs. All right, got to get through this pretty quickly here. Sal, we'll start at the point guard position. Cartoon dogs. Okay. Why we're doing this, I don't know, but point guard cartoon dogs, what do you think? I went with Brian from Family Guy
2: because he can speak and acts like a human. So if I need someone to be the floor general, I'd like an intelligent, basically anthropomorphic dog.
1: Oh, I like it. I don't know what that word means, but I like it. And we will. uh, Yeah, see, I disagree on that one. Brian's too new. He's he's too much of a rookie in the cartoon dog world. I would go Scooby-Doo is my point guard. You know, he... See, Scooby, he's he's too aloof.
2: He's going to make too many mistakes. I can't have that from my floor general.
1: I, I think what you're saying by aloof, I understand. I get that. Uh, he may be into the Scooby snacks a little too much, if you know what I mean. Uh, but I but I take him. <laughs> I take him as my point. So who do you got at your uh, shooting guard? All
2: right, shooting guard, I, I know you're not going to like this because you're going to say I'm going outside the lines with this pick. But I'm going with Crypto from Superman, Superman's pet dog. He has all the powers of Superman, but he's a dog. He would be unstoppable.
1: Uh, did not know that even existed, but I'm going to go along with you. But what if, what if, say they're playing the Washington Generals and a, a guy puts kryptonite in his shorts? useless on the court well, he's that, that, that just that a case, useless yes. that case, useless dog laying on his stomach like snoopy on the doghouse. i'm going goofy all-star sport goofy i used to have the toy as a kid uh i would go goofy as our shooting guard in the cartoon five uh dog his
2: name it's inherent in his name that he's not going to be reliable between Scooby and he, Goofy out there, you know how many times he, he, we're turning over the basketball? He
1: was an Olympic athlete, according to cartoons I watched as a kid. So uh, I'm going with Goofy. Uh, who you got as your small forward cartoon dogs?
2: I went with Hong Kong Fooey. I like the length. I think he would be great in on that back line of the zone.
1: I a hundred percent agree with you on this one. We're going we we went with the same guy in this. My favorite cartoon as a child, Hong Kong Fooey voiced by one Scatman Crothers. So Hong Kong Fui <laughs> is our small forward. Uh, who do you have at uh, the power forward position replacing Quincy Guerrier?
2: Oh man, I'm getting so nerdy right now but I'm going to go with Lockjaw from the Marvel Comics.
1: Oh, the Laugh Olympics. He's... Oh, wait, wait, no, me. Wait, wait. Lockjaw? <laughs> who is that?
2: He guards the Inhumans, the royal family, and he can teleport. Do you know how big of an asset that is on defense?
1: If you have a guy who can teleport instantaneously? I, I have to agree with you, That's but that point. may be the nerd. You've picked two of the nerdiest cartoon characters I've ever heard of in my life. Did not even know they existed.
2: He could have picked Pongo for one of them.
1: Okay. Final, Uh, wait, I got to do mine. I had, uh, who the heck did, uh, Marmaduke. Marmaduke, lengthy, big dog, playing power forward for me. Coming up, uh, what do you got at center?
2: I feel like this is easy, Clifford. It's inherent in his name what he does. He's big. Yeah, Katie's red, so that's got to be. We agree,
1: Clifford the Big Red Dog, Katie. Quickly, uh, do you have my
2: five? Are Charlie from All Dogs Go to Heaven, Tramp from Lady and the Tramp, because those two seem like they could really get some stuff done. Odie from Garfield to take some spills and get some foul shots. Um, In Snoopy could fill a lot of roles. Clifford the big Big Red Dog and alternates Scooby Doo and Pluto for Odie's
1: alternate. I I do like. I think Clifford the Big Red Dog is the no brainer of the group. Right? Yes. Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't even have to leave. You don't even need him on offense. You just leave him on defense down at the back. Yeah. All He's right.
2: Eton Thomas, but in canine form.
1: Fascinating stuff there. I learned two new cartoon dogs, and I learned that Katie will actually come on on the radio and talk to us if it's, if it's dogs, if yeah. there's anything dog-related. All right, final thought I do every Friday. Have a good weekend. Be safe. Enjoy yourselves, and uh, go out and have fun. We will take our final time. We're wrapping up. Sportsill is next on ESPN Radio.